Hello and welcome to Crafts with an Edge, the creative podcast that explores the edgier side of life. All right, y'all, I've got a nice little pep talk today, Carolyn style, uh, real authentic with a few curse words. So my encouragement for you today is to make shitty art. You got to get out there and you got to try things and you have to experiment if you're ever going to figure out what works and what doesn't. Because clarity only comes with action. Clarity doesn't come in your head. Clarity comes when you get out there and you iterate and you try and you then evaluate and go, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Next time, here's what I want to try to make better. And I have something that I like to say around this idea. I like to say, not everything can be your best work. It's like statistically impossible, right? Like, so I used to say this a lot in my last job. Um, I worked in arts programming with youth and we put out a lot of content. I was there for seven years and I lost count at some point. I'd done like 35 or 40 showcases, um, all sorts of different projects. Students did visual art, performances, singing, dancing, acting, movies, you name it, we did it. So some of it, was amazing. Blew your mind. It's like seven-year-olds made this movie. Like what? Send it. Like they need an Oscar. This needs to be on the big screen. And then other things, it was like, yay, that was fun. And they enjoyed the process and they learned a lot. But like, you know, it wasn't really the best. And like, that's okay. Sometimes before the showcase, I would be talking with the teaching artist and I'd be like, you know, how's it coming? How's it going to be for the production? And they'd be like, you know, it's, it's good, but it's not their best work. And I would say, you know what? that's okay. Not everything can be your best work. Not every meal you make can be the best meal you've ever had. Not every race you run can be your fastest time. Not every work of art you create can be the best thing you've ever done, right? Well, okay, I guess it could. There's really only one way that that could happen, though, and that's if each and everything you create is better than the last. Because if you create something that's the best you've ever done, then the next thing is the new best. It means you have to keep one-upping yourself. And you know what? (laughs) That sounds fucking exhausting to me. Doesn't that sound terrible to you? To put this expectation on yourself that everything you make has to be better than the last? It's like being in a relationship and it's like you have to outdo yourself every time you give a gift. You know, you give a gift and you're like, oh my gosh, how will I ever top this? I have to do better next year. And that just sounds so stressful and exhausting. And is that really the kind of world that you want to build for yourself? Because if you're in that loop, you're only there because you created this expectation for yourself. But you know what? That's good news because it means that you also have control to decide to do something different. So you know who's in the driver's seat when you're in that place where every single thing has to be better than the last? It's your inner perfectionist. We all struggle with this demon. It's okay. It's your brain's way of protecting you. It's like a survival instinct. You don't want to embarrass yourself by putting something terrible out in the world, right? It's like, what if it sucks? What if they don't like it? But here's the deal. You're never going to put out a second draft or a third draft if you never get the first draft done. If you stay stuck in compliance to your perfectionist, you'll never get out there and make anything. If failure isn't an option, success isn't either. I didn't come up with that idea, and I don't remember where I heard that from. Maybe Gary Vee. I don't know if he was the initial one to say it, but I'm going to say it again. 
If failure is not an option, success isn't either. Failure is the price of admission. If you don't allow yourself to ever fail, then you'll never put iterations out there and you'll never find success. We spend so much of our lives living in this fear of failure. But you know what? Failure is good news. Failure is data. It shows you what's working and what isn't. And if you can just evaluate the failure and take the lesson, then it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing anymore. You can change your relationship with this so-called failure. And when you look at it that way, it's not a failure at all. It's just a first draft. It's just an iteration that's going to get you to the next place you need to go. It's a map. That's it. It just shows you where you need to go. It shows you what worked, what didn't, where are you going next. Now, it's not linear, right? Nothing in life is. It's not like you get into a relationship and it just keeps getting better and better and better, right? You have your ups and downs in any relationship, and it's like the same in a job or a course in school or really anything. There's no just full linear path upward. Some days are better than others. Some days rock your world. Some days suck. And it's the same with the art that you're creating. You might create a masterpiece and then your next work totally flops. But that's okay. You just have to take that data and learn from it. Just for the love of God, keep going. Don't let that deter you from ever getting back out there. And if you're listening and you're like, well, maybe I'm not an artist, so I don't know how this applies to me. I think it applies to everything in life. So if you're, I don't know, a a fitness coach, for example, maybe the first course that you put out there kind of sucks. Or maybe you put out this really badass course. And so you're like, okay, then the next one kind of sucks. It's not linear. We're going to have our ups and downs. Same with our relationships. Same with everything in life. You've just got to learn from that and keep going. So I think you can change your relationship with what we might call failures. And I keep using that word, but it's like when you look at it that way, I almost don't even view failure as a concept anymore. There have been loads of times when I started working on a project and I could see it in my mind, but when I started it, it was just not going the way that I wanted it to. I can think of a few things that were just turning out absolutely terrible, so I threw them away. And that pained me. That really hurt for like a minute. I was like, oh, I've been wasting all this time that I put into it, wasting the materials and resources and all of that. It felt like a waste. So I could continue to look at it that way. Or I can look at it like those trial and errors were a really important part of the process. And they were just as important as the final product. I needed that shitty version to learn from and adjust into a better version. So it wasn't a waste. It was like I needed that. I needed that to tell me where to go next. Remember, failure is a map, right? So when you look at it that way, it wasn't a waste. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've read um, Marie Kondo's book or, or seen her Netflix special, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. She talks about when we're going through clothes and we go, Ugh, it's like, I bought this, I spent the money on it, and I've hardly worn it. I don't like the way it looks on my body. And you're like, I've wasted this money. She looks at it differently. She looks at that shirt and she says, that shirt taught you that that's not your style. So it has served a purpose in your life. And that shifted so much for me. It's like I can look at things and see what purpose they served in my life 
And I'm no longer looking at it like that thing was such a waste or I'm really angry that I spent time or resources or whatever on it. I can look at my art when I go, okay, well, that didn't quite work. And I can thank it for the purpose that it served. The purpose was showing me where to adjust. I can look at the thing and go, okay, the placement of these items were not quite right. So in the next one, I want to shift this one over here and I want to use slightly different colors and all of that. And you know, like, so one of my favorite things to say about things like this around like throwing away your crappy art is it's not that serious. It's just not that serious, y'all. Throwing away your first draft is not that serious. We hold on to everything and we make it like it's just so precious, right? But it doesn't have to be. We've created that in our mind. We've decided that it's precious and therefore we can't let go of it. I used to um, crochet in college and uh, one of my roommates also crocheted and we would, you know, occasionally, especially as you're learning, I would have to undo some of my work and she would just absolutely lose her mind. Like she, <laughs> she was like, uh, I, I put so much work into it. I will just, I can just never undo it. So um, she would have all these like half finished projects that she'd messed up, but she wasn't really, she wasn't willing to undo the work a little bit to fix it and move forward. <laughs> so when you look at it that way, it's like, well, what creates the finished blanket? Is it leaving your projects there half finished because you're never allowing yourself to undo the work? Or are you willing to actually look at it and go, you know what, I messed up this part, undo the part that you messed up and keep moving forward, right? So if I'm making some paper quilling art and it's not going well, what's the real waste? If I throw it away, okay, yeah, it didn't end up getting framed. It didn't go, that didn't go into the finished work. But what's worse? Do I just like let all these half finished crappy projects sit around or do I keep going on it and try to make it work. And then several hours later, I end up with a project that I hate even more. You know, when you throw it away, you can, you know, you can recondo it. You can thank it for what it taught you and then move on. Make that second draft, make that third draft. Another thing I think to look here is whether you have an abundance mindset around this or a scarcity mindset. So there's a lot to feel scarce about here or abundant. Is it the time that you put into it? Is it the cost of materials? Is it your ego? <laughs> right? So think about it. What's really upsetting you here? If you can pinpoint which one of those are really stinging, try practicing just an abundance mindset around that piece. Try repeating to yourself as an affirmation, my time is abundant. I have plenty of time. The time I spent on that was worth it because it will save me time in the future as I make my second draft. I can have an abundance mindset around money. The money I spent on this was worth it because in my next iteration, I will know exactly which supplies to put in it. And maybe, depending on what you do, I sell my artwork, so... I always think that those materials that I spend on practice pieces, those go into the finished price of the product. So I can practice that abundance mindset. The money is plentiful. The money will come when I'm finished with this project. And I needed to spend the money on the practice in order to get there. All right, now I'd like to offer a few more kind of tangible, boiled down nuts and bolts of what you can try if you're feeling stuck. 
So far, what I've been talking about is mostly mindset stuff, and that is super important. Um, it's at least half, if not more, of the work. So just real quick, I do have a couple of tangible tips that you can try, but just to recap what we've talked about so far around the mindset piece. One of the first things that I said here is that not everything you can create can be your best work, and that's okay. Start with accepting that. If failure isn't an option, success isn't either. You can't make a second draft without starting a first. So you create that first draft, even if it's not perfect. When you create something that didn't come out as well as you wanted it to, you can choose how you approach it. You have the choice to look at it with frustration, look at it as a waste of time and effort. You can look at it as an embarrassment and you can quit. Or you can look at it all as an essential part of the process that's a necessary stepping stone to get to the final version. Which path results in a finished product? Is it sitting around and refusing to unravel the scarf? Or is it undoing your work and moving forward to finish the piece? Go with the path that leads to a finished project, not the one that leads to a bunch of half-finished projects just sitting around. And the last mindset tip here just to recap is to identify where you're having a scarcity mindset and see where you can create an abundance mindset instead. Practice affirmations around that if you find that helpful as well. All right, so I do have five very tangible practical tips that you can try if you are feeling stuck in perfectionism. The first is to commit to five or 10 minutes of work. Sometimes we feel so stuck because we see this huge looming project before us and it feels impossible just to get started. Trust me, you can spend 10 minutes doing anything, even if it seems impossible. Give yourself full permission to stop after that 10 minutes, okay? But what you'll likely find is that once you start going, you'll be in the flow and you'll wanna keep going. So put yourself on the hook just for those five or 10 minutes and see where it takes you from there. See if that helps you ease into the flow. Number two, take messy action. Just do it, just make a draft. You don't have to show it to anyone if it sucks. If it's embarrassing, destroy the evidence. Don't let anyone ever find out about it. That's okay. But look at it as a first draft, all right? Often we don't know exactly where we wanna go with a project because we haven't even started. When you're looking at a project and it seems impossible because it's just an idea and it's kind of out in the ether, yeah, it's not tangible. It's not gonna make a lot of sense. But once you get into it, once you start taking action and seeing what works and doesn't, you're gonna have a lot more clarity to keep going and finish the project. Number three, evaluation is key. Look at your draft and don't forget to acknowledge and celebrate what's great about it first of all. We are so hard on ourselves and it's really easy to look at the negative first, but first look at it and see what's great. Acknowledge it, be specific, and celebrate those things that you really like about it and that you're proud of it. And then the second part of evaluation is looking at what you'd like to adjust for next time. We used to do this exercise at the company I used to work for um, when we would evaluate programs at the end of the semester. We would create a list that said treasure, tinker, trash. The treasure list was all the things that we loved about it and the things that were going super well. Tinker were the things that we wanted to adjust. And then trash were the things that we wanted to get rid of totally. This is a really helpful exercise uh, to help you see what's going well and then what you'd like to adjust for your next draft. Number four, if you're really stuck and you're not sure what's holding you back, take a minute, 
to just sit with your feelings. This may sound a little woo-woo or cheesy, but remember, your feelings are there to send you a message about something important, so it's our job to listen, and they're visitors. They will come for a little while, but they will go, and we have the ability to release them. So perfectionism is usually the thing that seems like it's blocking us, but dig deeper into what's behind that. What's behind the perfectionism? Usually, it's not really about being perfect. It's about fear, fear of failure or even fear of a success, because if it's successful, then we're on the hook for something more. So sit with it for a minute and ask the feeling why it's here. It'll tell you. And then ask what it needs to feel safe to leave your body. Okay, so let me give you an example. I did this exercise recently around some action that I was needing to take for my business. And I didn't think I was scared to put the thing out there, but I just kept adjusting and tweaking and running around in circles and doing different tasks that didn't really need to be done to move this thing forward. And I was just kind of running around in circles saying that everything had to be perfect before really putting it out there. So I sat with it for a minute and I realized that it was actually fear that was behind the mask of perfection. I asked what it needed to feel safe to leave my body and I got two things. It said it needed fun and quick action. So I made a quick announcement on Instagram, even if it wasn't the whole thing flushed out, just took that quick messy action and then I danced it out for like five minutes and just kind of had some fun and let that feeling physically move my body. And then from there, it was so much easier to keep going and keep moving forward. And then number five and my last tip for you to get unstuck is to get into some intentional what I call white space. You know that feeling when you're in the shower and clarity comes or great ideas suddenly come in the shower when your brain is turned off and you're allowing it to wander? I started noticing that I was creating some of my best work from that space. I will sometimes wake up in that fuzzy place between sleep and awake, and I will find that I suddenly have clarity around artistic direction that I'd been stuck on. Or, uh, for example, another instance that I can really think of is last April, when we were just a couple of months into the pandemic, um, Hayden and I had a little getaway to his aunt's lake house, and that was the first time that we had been away since the pandemic started, the first time we'd really even left the house uh, in two months. And being at the lake house, there was no one else around. So it was just a really great place for the two of us to continue to be socially distant while still getting away for the weekend. And some things that I'd been noticing before this trip were I had this like incredible tension in my jaw, no matter how many stretches and relaxation things that I did. It was so tense and painful all of the time, and I had been breaking out into hives every single day since the pandemic started. I think I had these psychosomatic uh, kind of stress-induced symptoms going on that that weren't COVID-related, just anxiety-related, I think. And when we were away at the lake house, I noticed that the, the skin thing and my jaw were totally gone, and just finally getting to relax... I started without even trying, I just started having these uh, visions and ideas coming up for a Mother's Day piece, which was right around the corner. And when I got home from that space, I created this really cool heart that says mom in the middle with my hand lettering and it has flowers. You might have seen it in my shop or on social media. 
But I know that I wouldn't have created that piece if we hadn't gone away for the weekend because I was this ball of stress and anxiety as most of us were in the first few months of the pandemic and well, kind of still are, but especially in those first few months when the world changed overnight and we didn't know what was going to be next and we didn't know a lot about the virus, that was not a space that I could create in. So I had to kind of get away and relax and totally turn my mind off. I wasn't working at all that weekend, but that's when some of my best ideas came to me. So I started noticing that a lot of my best work came from this place. So I started creating that and getting into that white space on a regular basis. So first of all, I do have a daily meditation routine that kind of looks different each day, but sometimes that time is about turning off the noise and just getting into a white space. We don't have this a lot in our current culture with uh, the way that we have technology and noise just constantly buzzing around us. Um, And I'm not going to be one of those curmudgeonly old people who says like phones are ruining us or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But we we don't have time when we just sit there and let our mind wander and let ourselves get kind of bored. We always have our phones to go to um, to check social media or play a game or read a book. And we don't just sit there and like get bored and let our mind wander anymore. So we kind of have to create that space intentionally for ourselves. So I do that daily with my meditation routine, but I also started doing this once a month. I take myself on what I call a boss babe date where I do some high level CEO brain kind of stuff like bookkeeping and goal setting and things like that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll usually take my hammock somewhere and just sit in it and do some kind of like low key meditating and goal setting from that space. But also I just kind of let myself not really think about it. And I find that I come out of that with a lot more clarity and ideas flow more easily and they come from a more centered place when I intentionally create that white space in my regular routines. So those are my five practical tips that I've got for you to make shitty art if you're feeling stuck. As a quick recap, those were number one, commit to just five or 10 minutes of work. Number two, just make that first draft, take that messy action. And if it's terrible, you don't have to show it to anyone. Number three, evaluation is key. Do a treasure tinker trash with your work and see where it takes you. Number four, sit with your feelings and ask why they're here and what they need to feel safe to leave your body. Number five, get into some intentional white space to let your mind wander and find clarity on the things that you're stuck in. So that's my little pep talk for you today to get out there, take messy action. As one of my mentors, Kathy Heller says, make C-level work. When I heard that from her, it was really freeing for me because I am a perfectionist. I was a straight A student and to make C-level work is definitely outside of my comfort zone. But you know, what's worse than C-level work is not doing anything at all. So get out there, take the messy action, make some shitty art. I'd love to hear how it goes from you. Feel free to hit me up on social media at EdgecraftATX. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next week.